on this idea of being clothed and being uh, clothed with Christ. We see instruction throughout Scripture to be clothed with various things. And we see the pronouncement that we are, in fact, clothed with various things, to put on things, to be adorned in such a way. This is a very powerful kind of imagery. It's a very powerful kind of metaphor. And we've talked already about the ways in which we are clothed, sometimes for practical purposes, as we discuss the armor of God. Sometimes it's for demonstrative purposes, to show who we are or what we are. And uh, oftentimes it's a very task-oriented kind of way that we clothe ourselves. Because we are to do a certain job. We have something that we are intended for. So we must be clothed accordingly. And our clothing, our adornments, what we put on, is also a reflection of emotion, oftentimes in Scripture. We do this, but we don't do it the same way that a lot of people who wrote and read our Bible early on did. We might put on a certain outfit for a party and a certain outfit for a funeral. We dress according to the situation and according to what that uh, social norm calls for. But the idea of what we wear being a true expression of how we feel, in the same way that our words, our tone of voice, our tears, or our laughter would be, is a little bit lost on us. When you compare it to the Jewish people, who are the foundation of a lot of biblical writing, most biblical writing, because... They literally had prescribed clothing for different events. They wore different clothes depending on what was going on in their life and what was going on in their world. They had clothes of of mourning. We see in Scripture that when they were grieving, they would put on sackcloth and ashes, or they would tear their garments when they were distressed or feeling grieved or angry or, or guilty. And it's true, we wear what we feel sometimes. Um, Maybe we do this, but in a less formal way. You know, if I don't really feel like getting out or I'm feeling blue or I'm down, you know, I'm probably going to be in a T-shirt and sweatpants just sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself. That's my go-to sad uniform, uh, if you will. We, We do this informally, but they would put on certain things for celebration and they would put on certain things for grief when they felt grieved. Look at Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 10, and we can see this. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and a bride adorns herself with jewels. Here, Isaiah is describing... And we see to be clothed with salvation. And we're going to talk about being clothed with righteousness next week as we close this series. But I want to talk about being clothed in salvation and why that is different. To be clothed in righteousness, and again, we'll talk about this uh, a week from now. To be clothed in righteousness is to be seen a certain way by God. It's to be provided with the proper garments by God for what he requires. But being clothed with salvation That's a result of something. To be clothed in salvation is the result of something, and it is marked clearly when we see the clothing of salvation, we see that coming with the garments of joy and celebration. We are or we feel what we wear. We wear what we feel. If that is the case, and it certainly is 
in practicality for us, and it certainly was in action for Jewish uh, people in their history. And as they carry that symbolism forward, here's salvation, to be clothed in salvation, is described as the clothing and the garments of joy and celebration. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be excited. We're dressed to go to a party because God put some clothes on us that said, you're going to a party. It's a celebration of your salvation. I love that Isaiah says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I have great joy. Why? Well, he says, because he's clothed me with the garments of salvation. They go hand in hand. Wearing the uniform of salvation is an indication of a celebration that is taking place. There is overwhelming joy because of how we've been clothed. You think about a couple of different examples of how this clothing and how this contrast uh, kind of comes into play. When we read the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, um, when he comes out, he's still in the burial garments. He's still in the clothes of death, not just of mourning. All his friends and family are wearing their clothes of mourning and gathered together. He's actually wearing the death clothes. He's wearing what he was wrapped in when they buried him, when they prepared his body. And what does Jesus say when he comes out of the tomb? The first thing he says, take those clothes off of him. Get that off of him because he's not dead. He's not dead anymore. Uh, The prodigal son, great parable. What happens when he comes home? The father brings him in and he says, we're going to throw a party. We're going to celebrate. And what does he do in celebration? They're going to kill a fattened calf. They're going to have a big feast. And he puts a robe on him. He puts a robe on him. A a symbolism of we're going to put on the celebration clothes today. We're going to put on the clothes that say we are overjoyed because someone has returned that was lost. We see example after example of the clothing that people are wearing being not just the expression. But even the cause, it signals we're to celebrate now or we're to mourn now. Look at Jesus himself when he died and he's buried. And his friends are doing what was customary and normal. They're gathering together. They're wearing their grieving clothes. They're grieving together. They love that community and that's what they do. And occasionally they would go to the place of the burial and mourn there. And they were loud about it too, by the way. We're pretty quiet people. We like to keep things buttoned up and quiet, and we weep quietly. They, the Jewish people did not weep quietly. They wailed loudly in their grief together in the place of the burial. That's what they were on their way to do when they found out and were given the message, no, he's not here, he's risen. And let the celebration begin. I don't know that we think how powerful that is, the raising of the dead. We read the story, we know the story. And if someone were to ask you who had no idea what was in the Bible, tell me the story of Jesus. Well, he was God who became a man. He was born to a virgin. And they go, well, hold up just a minute there. Wait, say what now? Go, oh, yeah, yeah, virgin birth, right? We, we know that. That's weird. To anyone else, that's strange. You got to stop there and explain that one. Okay, what else did he do? Well, he turned water to wine. Okay, hang on. 
you see, we've gotten used to the story, and the amazing parts don't amaze us anymore all the time. So fast forward to the end of that story. He's put to death for citing an insurrection, for going against the governing authorities, for threatening the institution of Jewish faith. Put to death, he's buried behind a stone with a seal on it. And then one day, his friends come to pay their respects, and they find out he's gone. He's come back to life. We read right past that. We read right past it because it's, we're used to it. Anybody that doesn't know that story and has no idea of the concept of resurrection would be thrown off. Now, imagine you were experiencing it. Imagine you were there. Imagine you'd followed this man and loved this man and worshipped this man. And you have lost him and you are mourning him and you are grief-stricken and torn up inside, hurting. And you go to that tomb and you're told, he's alive again. I mean, just the very concept of life coming from death is the antithesis of everything we understand about this world. We have a life cycle that we study. We literally study it because you're born and you develop and you grow and then you get old and you die. That's how the world works and everything in the world works that way. But Jesus didn't. And until we really understand how amazing that is and how in, I mean, I would be in shock. I would have to sit for a minute and wrap my brain around that concept. We read right past it. So they're going through some things when they get to that tomb and find out he's not there, he's risen. This is blowing their mind. It's turning their world upside down. And then, and then they get to shed the clothes of mourning and of sadness and put on the garments of celebration. They get to be overjoyed and filled with excitement. Uh, another verse we'll look at, all, all of these verses that I'm citing this morning come from the Old Testament because this was a big part of their culture. And, it's a, and this through line of what we wear and how we're dressed and our garments and what we adorn ourselves with, oh, it's throughout Scripture. And it comes from, culturally, a very, a very Semitic kind of background. And so a lot of the prophets use this analogy over and over for a lot of different things. Zechariah himself in chapter 3 verse 4 is talking about Joshua. And he's using this analogy about Joshua standing before an angel and he's wearing dirty clothes. And the angel says in verse 4, remove the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with pure vestments and some translations will say uh, fest, or, uh, festal garments. I'm going to clothe you with celebratory clothes. I'm going to put you in the clothes that are worthy of celebrating your salvation. Isaiah clothing with salvation and Zechariah talking about the festal garments, the proper clothes for a celebration. You see this consistent reference point. That when we're clothed with salvation, when we are brought in to a standing with God, there is a cause for excitement. And we get to live with that. We as Christians, as believers, as those who've been baptized into Jesus Christ and have put on Christ, Galatians 3, 26 and 27, 
as those people, we get to live in pure joy and excitement. We get to take full advantage. We're throwing a party because we've been given the clothes, given new clothes. We should be shouting that joy every day. Next week, when we talk about being clothed in righteousness, we're going to talk about what that means. What that means for us. Because some of this has to do with, well, how should we live because we're clothed this way? Or what is, you know, what does this instruct us? But some of this is about how does that apply to the rest of your life in terms of how you look at the world? And we'll talk about why being clothed in righteousness completely changes our outlook on life. But being clothed in salvation changes that outlook in a similar way because every day is a celebration. Every day is joy. Now, you may not feel joy every day. Bad things happen. Troubling things happen. Difficult things happen. I went to put some gas in my car the other day and I thought, boy, I always wanted to know what it was like to live in 1979 and here I am. It's, it's tough out there. It's, it's a rough world. It's an ugly world. But when I pray to God, I do not pray to a God who sits separated from my life and my experience in this world not knowing what I'm going through. I pray to a God to whom I can boldly say, God, this is really hard. This life down here, it's tough. It's ugly. It's nasty. And I don't like it. And he understands me. Because his son sits at his right hand and says to him, he's right. It is really hard down here. And I know because I was there. Jesus has walked this earth. He has walked the path we're on. And he gave his life so that we can be clothed in a multitude of things, not the least of which is salvation, not the least of which is the celebration that this isn't all there is. This ugliness and nastiness, the filthy garments and the dirt that gets on the clothes we wear, we get to take those off and put on the festal vestments, the clothes of joy and celebration. And more than that, we get to remove those clothes of death and mourning. We don't have to be in sorrow. The verse that was read earlier by Thomas, when David writing expresses that God has, has removed that, he has taken that mourning away, that sadness, that grief, taken that all away and clothed you with joy. Death is an event that calls for mourning. Death is what we are destined for. It's what this life ends with. It's what we fear. It's what we fight to escape. But it's not the end. And the pain of this world and the reality of this world and the threat of this world means nothing in the face of the clothes that we will wear as saved children of God that we can celebrate in joy. Death is a cause for grief and mourning, and we see that, as I mentioned earlier, with the death of Christ. And yet God, in that situation, as a part of his plan, as he intended from the beginning, turned a death and mourning into joy and celebration. 
because it took the death of Christ to deliver salvation to all of us. And in the midst of mourning over the death of our Savior, we are reminded and renewed and overjoyed that through that death we're able to put on those clothes. That which was dead is alive again. That which was lost has been found. God loves contrast. He loves to pull the good out of the bad. There is so much bad in this world, and sometimes there's so much bad in my life. Yet God has found a way to pull the good out of this world and the good out of my life, and that is extracted so perfectly and purely through one thing and one fact, Jesus Christ crucified. If not for that, I have no cause for celebration. If not for the resurrection of Jesus Christ and my relationship to him, I have no cause for joy. But because he died, and because he rose, and because I said yes to Jesus, I get a new outfit. And I get to put it on and throw a party. I get to be filled with the joy of salvation. To be clothed in joy is to be clothed, to be clothed in salvation, rather, is to be clothed with joy and to express that joy as it's expressed in our scripture. I hope that you find that. And I hope that you understand as we talk about being clothed and being adorned and putting on all these things, sometimes that means you've got to act different than the rest of the world. Sometimes it means you've got to behave differently and choose differently. Sometimes it means that you've got to be prepared for something. Sometimes it means that God is giving you permission to celebrate. He's giving you permission to find joy in life. Because this world can't touch you. You've been bought at a price that as far as I'm concerned is way over what I'm worth. But he paid it anyway. I am clothed with salvation, and therefore, I am joyful. Because I'm wearing the clothes of celebration. I hope you see that you're wearing those clothes as well, as believers in Jesus. And I hope you find that joy in your day-to-day life. This world wants to suck that joy away. Wants to destroy it, take it away. Hey, even some Christians want to take your joy away. Don't let them. Don't let those negative people whispering in your ear, ever let you lose sight of the fact you are loved by God, you are loved by his son, and you were worth the price that they paid. So put on joy and put on salvation and draw closer to him as we draw closer to one another. And if we can help you in any way, if you need encouragement, you need to find your way back to Jesus or to find him for the first time, we want to help you do that as we stand together and sing.